Everybody has a podcast. Podcast. Welcome into the show, doing another vintage video game review tonight, and going to do a little retro gaming news as well, add a little something something. Uh, so, uh, going to start it off by just saying, now, I know I was going to do a little something on the Dreamcast Pi. Got busy at work, and then uh, didn't really get into it until... About a couple of hours ago, I was looking at it, and um, I need to still do some more things. I got to uh, get an Ethernet cable. I thought I had one. I was going to do it the Wi-Fi way, but it seems to be a little bit... Uh, I have to have more shit than I thought. Anyway, going to be doing that for sure. <sighs> Just, uh, you know how that goes with the technical nerd shit of it all when that happens. So, that will be coming, coming on up. Don't worry. We'll definitely be getting online, or I'll be trying to get online uh, this weekend. So, be on the lookout for that. Uh, hopefully, everything will go well. Like I said, you know, sometimes we have technical shit. Anyway. Let's go ahead and get into a little something, something. Um, what I'm going to do is, I think we're going to bring in old Lucy B. And do a little news, retro gaming news, maybe. 
Um, shake it up. Shake it up a little bit. Let's see what we got going on. Let's see if I can get him on in. And we'll do retro gaming news. trying to remember some cool fucking games for that the 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 uh one that everybody wanted and i had was the teenage mutant ninja turtle on the game boy oh yeah that was a favorite of mine i played that all the time on trips with the with the uh, family of vacation back in the day oh yeah the game boy man uh, really cool games i don't know uh 
I definitely don't know what the hell happened to mine. I lost it back in the day, but man, yeah, that game. And then there was a Final Fantasy game. It was pretty cool. I can't remember. And, you know, I think they had some Mario uh, shit, too, but definitely fun times with the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. So Tales of Monsterland, a new Game Boy game's going out, Grant. So, um, I don't, uh, I'm not sure about Monsterland. I never got into that. Sounds like something I would like, though. Monsterland. Well, we're still waiting to know if Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games are coming to Switch Online service, are we? But if you want to play a brand new game for the original system, you might want to check out Tales of Monsterland. And for all you retro collectors, it will only be available in its physical edition. No digital codes, fuckers. Made by a developer called JJ Games, it's a platform game where you take control of a kid that wakes up by, by a bridge in a village high up in the mountains, and you'll have to figure out how to get home. You'll be able to transform into different animals that have unique abilities, which is a concept that reminds me of the classic NES title. Little Nemo the Dream Master. <laughs> anyway, this game looks kind of lame. I'm looking at it. I don't even know about this shit. The game is being published by Bitmat Soft, a retro game company based in the UK. So if you wish to order a copy of this game, it will be shipped overseas. The pre-orders start this Saturday, September 11th. But that is not all, folks. There's also a Dark Collector's Edition that comes with, I think, some goodies. There are only 50 copies that's going to be made of that one. You can check it out on its webpage, uh, talesofmonsterland.com. I don't know, man. This looks kind of shitty, though. I'm not sure. I've never heard of any Monsterland games. I don't know. Is that like a sequel or something? Or... I have no idea, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't give a fuck about Monsterland. It looks lame. Oh, what else is going on? You remember Garbage Pail Kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the cards. Uh, the stickers. and uh, Was it cards? Had stickers in it? Yeah, you had the cards with the, uh, the different, uh, you know, gross kids or whatever. Anyway. They are coming with a WWE crossover. So this is kind of interesting here. The Garbage Pail Kids return with a WWE crossover. It's basically a new line of uh, figures that combine the Garbage Pail Kids and some of, like, you know, some famous wrestlers. So... Yeah, I loved wrestling in the 80s, man. We had uh, Macho Man and the Ultimate Warrior and uh, uh, fucking Hulk Hogan. Andre the Giant. Yeah, yeah, King Kong Bundy. Junkyard Dog. Yeah, oh, man. God, so many good ones here. So I guess they're going to be, what they're going to be doing is, uh, there's only four of them right now. Anyway. They're designed for kids eight and up. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing this is going to be for folks like us, man. You know, collectors. The sizes of these things are 3.8 to 4.8 inches. That's what she said. Oh! <laughs> Shut your ass up. And each one of them has a unique action pose. Her pose, frozen in time. 
perfect for having one of them on your desk or shelf. Well, they look kind of cool, I guess. I don't know that I would buy them, but, you know, for the collector of those uh, things might be kind of cool. Yeah, I don't think I would. Uh, I saw that. I don't think... Uh... I don't think I'd really get down on that either. The Garbage Pail Kids was cool, but uh, not that cool to where I'd want to buy that shit right now, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking on that. Well, next story, the Game Boy will have a calculator, a notepad, and a clock thanks to Kickstarter. So I guess what's going on here is they're doing a Game Boy again. Most crowdfunding projects for retro consoles consist of indie video games that evoke a nostalgic feeling in all of us. And we have things like the GB Productivity Suite, a successful Kickstarter project, GB meaning Game Boy, that will bring a couple of work-related apps to the classic Game Boy console. The Game Boy Productivity Suite will include a calculator, a notepad, and a clock. Sure, you probably have these on your phone, but I bet no one in your office will have them on a retro portable console, if you're even working in the office. Some of the advantage of having these apps on a Game Boy instead of a smartphone, at least according to the developer of this suite, are the precise controls that prevent mistakes compared to touchscreens, and you can't be hacked. Your information will only be available on the cartridge. So, jumps aside, this could be a curious software to have on your old console. Its fundraising campaign was a success, and its developer has promised it will be available on physical and digital with compatible hardware. It will also have several themes. Stealth mode will be localized in several languages and other stretch goals include more apps. The developer promises it will be finished by January next year. So, if you're interested in checking that bad boy out, I'm not going to tell you the link because it's too damn long. But, I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of cool. No, I mean, it's kind of... I don't know. I I wouldn't buy it. It's a fucking Game Boy. Yeah. I wouldn't buy a Game Boy either. Unless it was like a color Game Boy. I thought those were cool. I never had one. Me neither. I had the old school Game Boy. That's the only one I had. Yeah. That's the only one I had, so. Yep. Yep. Game Boy. Another Game Boy story here. So, are Game Boy games coming to Nintendo Switch online? Well. This past week, there have been several rumors that affirm that Game Boy and Game Boy Color games will soon come to the Nintendo Switch Online service. So that's coming, guys, to you that, uh, you know, need that. It makes sense. The subscription service already has NES and Super NES games. They offer a catalog of fan favorites and also some hidden gems or previously unreleased titles in America. So even though they don't have a vast catalog, if you are a subscriber of the service, then you can enjoy some great games. This September is the third anniversary of Switch Online and several news outlets. So, um, 
Well, several news outlets, like uh, Eurogamer, for example, say they have sources that confirm to them that some of those games from the portable consoles will be available in the next couple of weeks. The last time Game Boy games were available to buy in modern consoles was with the Virtual Console eStore on the Nintendo 3DS. But there are still many Game Boy titles that old school fans want to play again. And the Switch would be an awesome console to play them in. What titles do you guys wish would come back? Hey, that would be some great. The Ninja Turtle game we just talked about, Grant. Oh, yeah. Like, that Nintendo Switch is pretty cool, man. You like that? Oh, man, you know, I played it a couple times. I do like it, man. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, me too, man. I don't know how I'd buy one. Maybe. Maybe. Man, I think I, you know what? I think I will buy one. You know what I'm saying? They're pretty fun. You know, me and the, me and the wife play the games and do the dude. Calm your ass down. Yeah, that Nintendo Switch is kind of cool, man. I don't know. I've, uh, a buddy of mine had one and uh, played some games on it, man. Definitely a sweet little system, and I like uh, the flexibility of it, too. You know, that's kind of a cool thing. You do different things with it as far as, uh, you know, putting it on the big TV or taking it with you. Very cool. So what else is in some news, you? You, you, you devil, you, you devilish devil, devilly devilloop. Oh, uh, you drunk? No. Okay. Other news. You can watch the classic Transformers cartoon online for free. What? For free. What? For free. That was a cool cartoon back in the day, man. God, I had it on BHS. Me too, man. That shit was so cool. Optimus Prime, man. So, that was back in 84. It blew the minds of all of us kids growing up during the 80s. Even though it was made to sell by Hasbro action figures, each episode had great animation and exciting battles between the two factions. The Autobots and the Decepticons. If you'd like to watch it again, you can do so for free on Hasbro's YouTube profile. At the moment of writing this article, only the first season is available, but Hasbro has promised they will add more seasons in the following weeks, so you'll be able to binge on all the Transformers goodness. The old school goodness. Yeah. The original series is still one of the favorites, and I don't give a shit about Michael Bay. Or any of those movies. I like the old school shit, man. I'm with you on that. That's cool. I'm going to check that out on the YouTube. The YouTube. Sweet. That is pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm going to do some binge watching. Me and my old lady. Just me and my old lady. Shut up. <laughs> Centipede is back with a new game, y'all. A new game. Remember that old shit, Centipede? That is some old shit. 
Uh, that was bad. That was released in like the fucking early eighties, right? It was released in 1981 by Atari, and it's still one of the most fun classic arcade games. Celebrating its 40th anniversary, a new game is on its way to modern consoles, PC, Atari, well, Atari v- VCS. I guess it's some new Atari shit. It's called Centipede Recharged, and will have new features to make it more appealing to the modern gamers. Hmm. As you can see, well, you guys can't see, but there is a new visual design. The concept of the game is pretty much the same. Uh, You know, other games have tried to reboot, like Pac-Man and Missile Command. I guess it's kind of like maybe that, that kind of reincarnation. It will be available September 29th on PC, Steam, Epic Store, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series 6, Nintendo Switch, and Atari VCS. You'll be able to compare your high scores with players around the world. So you can play with friends or be a local co-op, or, and you can. Cool. That looks kind of cool. I never really got into it. Oh, shit. So. Yeah. Uh, still pretty... Pretty cool news, man. Pretty cool. I think that uh, I'm going to not really check it out. But hell, you know what I'm saying? It's still kind of cool, man. All right. So, has anything else, man? Or uh... I got just one more, man. We'll do one more. All right. One more. One more. I'm going to do one more. And then I'm going to go ahead and get into this review because you're going kind of long. Shut, shut the hell up. Last story. Shaggy. Remember Shaggy? Scooby-Doo Shaggy? Or, uh, the, uh... Uh, what's that, Shaggy? The Scooby-Doo Shaggy, fool. What started as a meme has now become real. Shaggy is in Mortal Kombat. Well, sort of. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo is a a part of Mortal Kombat. But not a lot of people wanted it. He made a cameo in the intro of a uh, new animated movie called Mortal Kombat Legends Battle. I don't, uh, this is stupid. <laughs> this is a stupid story. Alright, fuck this story. Uh, I'm gonna do this next one and then we're done. A new Game Boy Advance is on the way, guys. Game Boy Advance, alright. Got any uh, Game Boy Advance fucking people out here? Y'all like that shit? Never got into it. What about you, Grant? Uh, not really, man. I uh, After that uh, original Game Boy, you know, you just kind of get into the more advanced consoles. I did anyway, man. No more Game Boy Advance or anything like that for me. But pretty cool news, man. What's going on? Well, it's had a lot of uh, games, the Game Boy Advance. And if you had one back in the day, you probably played Games like TLZ, The Minish Cap, Metroid Fusion, Mario Kart, Super Circuit, Pokemon, Ruby Emerald, Golden Sun, The Lost Age, Fire Emblem, The Sacred Stones, Advanced Wars, or Warrior were Incorporated. After more than a decade since this console was discontinued, it will receive a brand new game. Wait a minute. A new Game Boy Advance game is on the way. Not the console. Let me clear that up. A new Game Boy Advance game. Okay, because I thought you meant a new a new system that's redoing it. No, just a game. 
All right, so a new game. Yeah, a new game. So a new game. A new game. A new game. New game. New game. New game. <laughs> All right. So a new game for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. The game is going to be called Goodbye. No. Good Boy Galaxy. If I can fucking read tonight. Sorry, folks. Good Boy Galaxy. Its gameplay will combine platforms with exploration. Their London's, they are there. There. London-based developers describe it as kind of like Cave Story or Metroid. So the, uh, the, uh, the goal is to print the game on uh, Game Boy Advance cartridges when it's finished. But it looks like it'll also be available on PC and Switch. So even if you don't have a Game Boy Advance or player, you'll still be able to play it. So pretty cool. Uh, like I mentioned before, what I didn't mention before, but uh, what they're doing is a Kickstarter campaign. It raised over a hundred grand, and uh, the original goal was twenty-five thousand. So people want to see this. I'm looking at some of the screenshots, and it looks. Mm. All right, I guess. Uh, so, what was the name of this shit? Good Boy Galaxy. Huh. There's no link or anything, so Good Boy Galaxy, if you uh, guys want to check that out. Yes, sir. And I'm out. My wife, make me take out the trash. Yeah, take out the trash. <laughs> take out the trash. You better do it before you get in trouble. Shut up. All right. I will see you on Monday, Grant. All right, bud. Hold All right. Thank you, Lucy B. Courtesy of the West Dolomite University Hotline, Lucy B. With the Retro Gaming News Appreciate that. Lots of cool info. And what we're going to do is do a review. Now, this this game, it's uh, an arcade game, okay? Also came out on systems. So, let's go ahead and get into it. This one is Afterburner, Okay. This was a very cool game because it was one of those, like, you had to get into a fucking, like, an actual thingamadoob. So they had, like, uh, yeah, I gotta get into, like, a, a damn, you know, it's one of those, like, Cruising USA had the car. So you get into the jet, I guess. And some of them had like the actual dome like you had to get into this thing and it's surrounded man that was a cool game and it moved so when you moved with the joystick it would move the whole um you know unit or whatnot very cool concept especially in the 80s when you're a kid in the fucking arcade and seeing this shit you're like oh, i got my give me some quarters mom and let me get on this so this was um, Sega did Afterburner, uh, and it's an arcade vehicular combat game. It was released in 1987, 
I say actually. Of course, everybody knows this is a jet fighter game, right? So you assume the control of an F-14 Tomcat fighter jet. And you had to clear each of the game's 18 unique stages, right? Killing enemies, using a machine gun. You had the heat-seeking missiles. It was a third-person perspective. Previously utilized by Sega's earlier game, Space Harrier, Outrun, run on the Sega X board arcade system, which is capable of surface and sprite rotation. The fourth Sega game to use a hydraulic Titan motor simulator arcade cabinet. Oh, and one that is more elaborate than their earlier taken Titan simulator games. The cabinet simulates an aircraft cockpit. That's what I want to say, a cockpit. With flight stick controls, a chair with a seatbelt, and hydraulic motion technology that moves, tilts, rolls, and rotates the cockpit in sync with the on-screen action. See, that's what I was trying to say. Designed by Sega veteran Yusuzuki and the Sega AM2 division, Afterburner was intended as being Sega's first true blockbuster video game. They started development back in December of 86, shortly after the completion of OutRun, and was kept a secret. Suzuki was inspired by the uh, 1986 films Top Gun and Laputa Castle in the Sky. He originally planned for the game to have a steampunk aesthetic similar to Laputa, but instead went with the Top Gun look to make the game approachable for worldwide audiences. It was designed outside of the company in a building named Studio 128. Due to Sega adopting a flex time schedule to allow games to be worked outside company headquarters. Okay. An updated version with the addition of throttle controls uh, after Burner 2 was released later of that same year. Afterburner was a commercial success, becoming Japan's second highest grossing large arcade cabinet of 1987 and overall highest grossing arcade game of 1988, while also becoming one of America's top five highest grossing dedicated arcade games of 1988 and topping the monthly UK arcade charts in 1987. It was acclaimed by critics for its impressive visual gameplay and overall presentation and is seen as being important and influential. It was followed by a series of sequels and ports for many platforms, including the Sega Master System, ZX Spectrum, and Nintendo Entertainment System. Sega also produced several successors to the game to capitalize on its success, such as, I don't know, what is this, G-Lock? G-Lock or G-Lok? Air Battle. Afterburner has also been referenced in many other Sega video games, such as Fighters, Mega Mix, Shin Mule, and Bayonetta. So, as you see, this game was very cool. It allowed the player to control the jet, the F-14 jet. The mission was to destroy enemy jets over 18 stages. So, you take off from an air car- aircraft carrier, aircraft carrier, called the Sega Enterprise at the beginning, right? In the arcade version, the jet employs a machine gun and a limited number of heat-seeking missiles. These weapons are replenished by another aircraft after beating a few stages. The aircraft, cannon, and missile buttons are controlled from an integrated flight stick. 
Now, the game itself was released in two variations in the U.S., a standard upright cabinet and a rotating cockpit version. In the cockpit version, the seat tilted forward and backwards, and the cockpit rotated from side to side. It featured two speakers at head level for stereo sound and a seatbelt to hold the player when the cockpit moved. Both cabinets contained a gray monitor frame with flashing lights at the top that indicated the enemy's lock on the player's craft. Japan also received a commander cabinet that moved left and right. So yeah, I remember that uh, that fucking, uh, you know, the cockpit, the rotating cockpit. I definitely played that. I want to say, I'm not going to say the name of the mall, but an old school mall. I've seen both versions. And the cockpit one that uh, did the backwards and rotating and everything tilting that was cool man no other games i can't even remember any game like that since then man afterburning was designed by yusuzuki Suzuki. we kind of went over that um they had some challenges making this game right one of them was uh, researching and implementing sprite and service rotation which for the time was considered a milestone in video games this is the 80s folks the team also struggled with creating the smoke trails made by firing missiles, seeing several tweaks and revisions as de- the development progressed. Now, unlike the earlier game Outrun, which featured real-world locations in its levels, Suzuki lacked the time to visit any specific places or landmarks, so he and his team made up their own stage settings. Suzuki toyed with the idea of having Soviet Union as antagonists to potentially increase sales in the West, but decided against it. Later, after struggling to tie it together with the game's level and uh, level designs and settings, the refueling, la- uh, refueling and landing sequences were created to add variety. So the Afterburner Arcade Cabinet, uh, significantly more expensive than most of their other machines at the time. The first prototype uh, constructed consisted of the monitor attached to a steel frame, which was claimed by Mifune to have uh, amazing power. Who the hell is Mifune? I guess that's one of the designers or something. Uh, But it was considered too dangerous to operate and had the power levels lowered. So, um, Suzuki thought of the game using a gyroscope arcade cabinet that spun the player around. An idea that an idea that became later the R60, a throttle controlled, was briefly considered, but then abandoned as it would have destroyed the game's the game's difficulty balance. That hard, that damn game was hard as shit. I will say that I never, I always died really early on in that game. Anyway, it uses the Sega X board, which also, which was also used for games such as Thunderblade, Super Monaco GP. I remember that, and Afterburner was officially released in Japan in July 1987 and in October of that year um, in North America. In Europe, it was released in September 1987 with the hydraulic sitting cabinet, uh, costing 6500 back in those days. That would have been about fifteen grand in 2020. So, now, we did say earlier the game had some ports, 
right? We kind of touched on that. So uh, it was ported to the uh, Amiga MS-DOS Amstrad CPC Atari ST X68 FM Towns Commodore 64 Sega Master System PC Engine Sega Saturn MSXZ and ZX Spectrum. It's a lot of ports, man. But how in the hell? That game is is one of those games that's only fun as hell if you as if you can if you can you know go to the damn arcade and get in that unit. That's like Dance Dance Revolution. Like I guess that, that game wouldn't seem fun unless you had the whole big damn console. Now I guess it is. You could have the pads with the system, and it could be kind of cool. But I don't know. But this game is different. You have to get into a cockpit that fucking rotates and does all kind of crazy shit. How can you duplicate that for home, you know, play and have it that fun? You can't do that. It's like Silent Scope. We reviewed that in another podcast. That game's fun as hell in the arcade. But, mm, eh, it's 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 all right on a system, but it's not the same without a big-ass sniper rifle, right? That's the whole fucking thing of the game. That's why it's cool. And so when it when that a game like that is ported over, it's not the same. You're using a fucking directional pad, you know, to shoot some fucker in the head? No. No. Way cooler in the arcade with the fucking sniper rifle. And it's sitting there and you get, you know, the experience is way better. But anyway. So this game, it's going to be... I'm going to say, we'll say five stars out of five stars is how we're going to rate it. I'm not done yet. But the reception on this game at the time, crazy shit, right? I remember going to the arcade as a kid and seeing, as I already said, got to get quarters, had to get tokens. So it was the second highest grossing uh, large arcade game of 1987, just below OutRun. Uh, And the overall highest grossing arcade game of 1988. In the U.S., it was one of the top five highest-grossing dedicated arcade games of 1988. And in the U.K., it was a top-grossing arcade game upon its release in September of 1987. So that first stat that I told you, second-highest-grossing large arcade game of 1987, just below OutRun, was in Japan, right? 87 in August. All right. Just clearing that up. Uh, So basically, everybody thought it was awesome. When it came out, because it fucking was, um, yeah, pretty much it. You know, this is going. <laughs> this is gonna be a good review, right? So, I'm gonna say four out of five, man. Four out of five stars on this. Fun as hell. Kind of brings me back to the '80s. That definitely does. If you had a badass man cave and you had the funds, this would be a must-have. Now, I saw one on eBay for about six grand, but it wasn't one of the badass ones. But still, if you had a man cave and could get one of these bad bows, oh, baby. Let's see, what would that be? I wouldn't, let's just not even say a man cave. Let's just say, uh, whatever. You had a dedicated area. All right. Your area, fucking the fun area, right? You have fucking arcade games. Well, fuck it, we'll call it what we want, man. If you have a man cave, then fucking do you. We'll just say the man cave. We'll just, because people know what that is. 
yeah, Afterburner, that'd be one. DD, DDR, Dance Dance Revolution. Uh, the one where you're a fucking trucker. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was one. Silent Scope, that'd be another one. Man, we got to put together the ultimate, like, gaming room, you know, with those uh, games that uh, are only cool in arcade cabinet form, you know? Yeah, that'd be a good segment. Be a great segment, guys. So, yeah, I'm going four out of five on that. Yeah. All right, folks. So, this one ran a little bit long. So, I had a pretty cool vintage uh, video game review for tonight. Um, yeah, I apologize again for the Dreamcast pie shit. I'm going to get on that and, and try to get, uh, get an Ethernet cable because... A Wi-Fi way was a bit more than uh, I had anticipated. I think I can get on via Ethernet cable. Anyway, we'll go ahead and check that out. And uh, I'm not going to promise anything this time, but I'm going to try to get on and then get some uh, info on that, man. So that'll be cool. Hopefully get some folks on fuck around and uh, get online with some 2K uh, and other cool games, man. 2K2 would be my main deal, though. NFL and NC Double. NC Double Trouble. All right, folks. Well, listen, we're going to be back on Monday, of course, 9 o'clock. Grant Mills and Reezy, Lucy B, with the Everybody Has a Podcast Podcast Monday Night Show. So you guys tune into that. Go ahead and go to grantmills.podbean.com. Hit that follow button. And that is the donation button as well, guys. So... We're going to go ahead and wind it all down tonight. Hope everybody has a good weekend. Hey, get you some uh, vintage video games and kick back. You know, have a good one. Take it easy. And, uh, smoking ass.
Oh, 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 oh,